Well, good day, folks. Larry here. Welcome along to the Daily Larb. It's Sunday the 16th, I do believe, of June. And welcome along to this episode of the show. Uh, it being Sunday, as usual, it means it's Sunday Letters. And Sunday Letters is the weekly article that I shoot out to my uh, readers on email. You can sign up at larrygmcguire.com. Just bang your email into any of the sign-up boxes there on the home page. And uh, I'll shoot that over to you along with uh, your free copy of the Artist Manifesto. It's a short form PDF, uh, a manifesto, a creative philosophy uh, for life and work. Uh, and it's something that uh, I've been banging on about here for quite a while. Um, but it contains particular elements that I think are vital to you and me um, in making what we make, regardless of what it is. Uh, whether you're a craftsperson or an artist or a writer or 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 a digital digital artist or digital creative, if you're a crafty person, arts and crafts, as a, uh, I mean, uh, whatever your chosen passion is, uh, this manifesto is your call to arms, your uh, reminder to make things for the right reason uh, for yourself first and foremost, because without that. Without first making stuff that floats our boat, that lights our fire, without it being a true reflection of us, well then, how can we ever bring anything of value to anybody else? And that's what this manifesto is about. It's about uh, pinging home a couple of key elements that we need to keep in mind um, while we make what it is we're making. Whether you're making it for a living or whether you're making it as a hobby, it doesn't matter. The principles are the same. Although it is nice to get that recognition. Financially, I mean, uh, when someone puts their hand in their pocket and says, hey, I like what you're doing, give me some of that, you know. And that's what this podcast show is ultimately about. That's what the book is ultimately about. Uh, that's everything, everything pretty much that I write is about that, you know. And today is no different. In fact, today's episode uh, takes a chapter from the Artist Manifesto, the paperback that's due out shortly. And the working title is Timeless Creative, or I haven't decided fully on the name of the chapter, but it essentially uh, points out the shortcomings that we have as human beings when we align ourselves to this idea, this notion of time, this linear uh, thing that controls our lives, you know, Uh, the pressure we feel to conform to societal norms, the pressures we feel to get things done, to pack our day full of stuff that we'd rather not do, to um, constantly look at our watches and keep tabs on ourselves, or feel the pressure of other people's eyes on us to produce, you know, to be efficient. And this is what it means to be an effective member of modern uh, society. And when you don't conform, well, um, you're an outcast, you know. And I think you and I, as creative people, need to be a dissenting voice in all of that rubbish because there are certain uh, elements within society, corporations, for example, governments, that require you and me to be completely asleep to the fact that time, amongst other social conventions, is a complete illusion. And it is an illusion. All there is is this present moment. That's all there ever will be. Although we use this thing we call time to structure our meetings and events and and uh, 
and our days. It wasn't always that way, you know. Um, it seems to control us now, this notion of time and this notion of being productive within this uh, scheme of things that we call uh, seconds and minutes and hours and days and stuff, you know. So today's article is about that. It's about addressing the sickness, you could say, in human beings and our belief that time exists, you know, and that we live along this virtual line from birth to death. And it points out these um, these things, this crazy aspect to human, human, human beings and the way we live, and then offers an alternative. And the alternative is uh, timelessness timelessness and uh, how you and me if we are to be successful if we are to create successfully whatever that success looks like to you and me well we've got to connect with that uh, timelessness you know and um, today as I record this episode I'm sitting in a cabin in Sherwood Forest in Nottingham in the UK and I'm looking out through a set of patio doors and there's a little robin bouncing around on the patio outside. And it's you're in a forest, essentially, that's what it is. And there's forest all around and there's wildlife all around. It, uh, although there's a lot of stimulation because this organisation that has built this thing requires, you know, you and me to spend money. Um, there's still that earthy feel to it because you're you're in amongst the trees, you know. And it's pretty cool. So coming up next is that recording of the chapter, uh, work entitled Creative Timelessness. I think I'm, I've called this article, if I have it right, uh, The Power of the Creative Mind. And I don't know, I can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> when I publish it, it'll be there. So, And there'll be a link to the article, to the written article too, so you can give that a read. And although this article does uh, step into the science of it a little bit, it's not uh, a comprehensive account scientifically of the uh, existence or non-existence of time. Although I do offer you a couple of links uh, that you can actually check out material by other people that do get into that subject. So without further ado, coming up next is Sunday Letters. Stay tuned. Welcome to Sunday Letters, 17th of June 2018. The Timeless Creative Mind. The following article, The Timeless Creative Mind, is an excerpt from a chapter titled Timeless Creativity, Working Title, from the forthcoming paperback, The Artist's Manifesto. The published chapter will have expanded detail from the perspective of physics, although it won't be exhaustive, as this book is not an attempt to verify the existence or non-existence of time from a scientific perspective. However, the chapter will include links to relevant material from those with greater credentials than I to speak of these things. To get your free copy of the Artist's Manifesto and support its publication and receive a mention in the acknowledgement section of the book, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire. In this chapter we will explore the nature and function of time as it influences the creative mind and why you, the artist, must find a space to create independently of it. In, se in separation from the idea of time, we allow ourselves the mental capacity to make great things without restriction. This process happens for some creative people entirely automatically, but for many, the space to create away from the self-imposed demands of contemporary life is difficult to find. 
worldly things such as family responsibilities, financial demands, the day job, TV, peer influence and so on, have the potential to feed the creative muse. But going unchecked, they serve as distractions, dilutants over psychic energy and focus of attention. In the Artist's Manifesto, we read how the nature of the creative process is a constant moving between this world of people and bright shiny things and the artist's quiet creative space. Finding balance in this to and fro of life is vital to our well-being and creativity. The artist's manifesto does not support the idea that we must obliterate those things that challenge us. Instead, it suggests we see them for what they are, necessary in limited quantities, for the constant creation and the expression of the self. The artist's manifesto recognises that every human being is creative and has the inherent ability to create beautiful things. However, the pressure to conform to social norms and societal ideas of what valuable work is keeps many of us from ever realising our latent creative abilities. For many of us there is the belief that we are not creative at all. For the rest, we believe we are time short. We believe that there are far too many important things to do than to entertain ourselves with fanciful notions of doing what we love, let alone making a living from it. Work is paramount and inextricably linked to our self-worth. The necessity to labour continuously at something we don't like for the sake of money is our common idea here. Most of us in Western industrialised society feel the pressure and incessant responsibility to comply with popular conventions such as time. Although time shortage bears down on us heavily, it seems to be a socially acceptable tyranny. We discuss our lack of time with other kindred spirits in the struggle, almost wearing our lack of time as a badge of honour. We try to cram in as many activities as possible into our standard 16 or 18 hour working day. We try to be as productive as we can to show our peers and family that we are capable of delivering, that we can succeed. Within that sphere of thought we anticipate and mostly fear a future that never gets here and we lament or regret a past we can never revisit. Our society says this is how the system works. If you want to be a part of it, to be a successful and responsible member of this society, then this is what you need to do. The collective voice says that it's dangerous on the outside, it's safe on the inside. To be different and unique is to be isolated and alone. So we chase the dream. We pursue a non-existent future. We talk negatively to ourselves when we fail to meet our own or other people's expectations. We often seem prepared to damage relationships with those we love for the sake of fulfilment of those expectations. All the while we value so highly this invisible commodity, lament its scarcity and our apparent inability to make the most of it. We seek advice from time management experts. We buy books and courses to help us become more organised and efficient. There just seems to be not enough time. If only we had more. Or could, or we could make more efficient with that we have. The problems begin for you and me in our earliest days. In school and via popular media. We are taught to conform to other people's rules. We are told hurry up, be on time. Time is of the essence. Time is money. Efficiency is paramount. Results, grades. Memory and recall of information is the key to success, they say. Measurement against our peers in the criteria upon which our word is the criteria upon which our worthiness is gauged, and from this comes our internal sense of worth and value. In the aligned group pursuit of goal directed outcomes, such as team sports for example, conformity can be constructive and a positive thing. 
however, for the creative mind in this boxed-in, mostly academic environment, hinged to time consciousness, there is often frustration and a feeling of being lost and worthless in a world we do not belong to. For many kids, in the standard education model, learning is a genuinely uncomfortable and stressful time. What is time? It's strange. We all get this feeling of a lack of time, yet we can never really explain it, touch it, see it or feel it. What is this thing we call time? Time is a concept, a rule, a mathematical construct, a social convention we use to measure ourselves and the things we make against the world. Time is a representative, a representation of relativity, a measure of one worldly phenomena against another in a place called here and now. Personal time is subjective. Universal time is abstract. However, according to quantum gravitational expert Carlo Rovelli, there is no such thing as universal time, a constant that exists independent of the observer. Newton seems to have been wrong, and Boltzmann and Einstein and their contemporaries seem to know it. Time seems to pass linearly, one way or another, left to right, front to back, up or down. In the Western industrialised world, we hold the wholly embedded idea that we live along this line reaching back to the past, through the present and on into a mysterious future. We are born. We live our lives along this line of subsequent events, one creating or leading to the next. Then we die. But some people don't experience time this way. In some Eastern cultures, they see time as a stack, one experience on top of the other. In other cultures, they see time as a scatter of events like random array of dots on a page. Anthropologists believe that the ancient Egyptians saw time as a continuous, repetitive cycle linked to the birth and death of their pharaoh, a cycle in which they lived. The Native American Hopi tribe, made famous by the studies of their culture and language by the linguist Benjamin Lee Wharf, see no time. Their language has no verbs that represent the concept of time. They appear to live in an ever-present moment. Time is intangible, yet we seem to experience it. Its parent effects are everywhere, most notably in the growth and decay of things including you and me. In scientific terms we call this growth and decay entropy. Entropy refers to the arrow of time, the apparently irreversible nature of physical processes central to the laws of thermodynamics. In scientific terms the linear analogy of time is applied in pretty much all interpretation of worldly phenomena. This analogy is the same one we align our real world experience to so rigidly. But perhaps it's not time moving in an irreversible line, but rather a part of a multitudinous fractal cycle, a cycle within cycles. Like the blossoming of a flower, it will grow out from its centre, die and return to its point of origin beyond the reach of our senses. If you think about the path of magnetic fields around a magnet, you may be able to picture this process. Now you might say that all this talk of no time is baloney. You say, I woke this morning. I had a shower, ate my breakfast and went to work on the bus that comes at 8 o'clock. Now it's evening, so there, that's the passage of time. Well, when you did all those things, you did them now, and it's still now. Your remembrance of those things is merely the recall of a series of memories, memory stamps, a series of freeze frames floating in the infinite space of your consciousness. Those experiences are gone, and as you live out new experiences, those previous ones become altered shift or fade away unless that is you hang on to them as a means to form and justify a sense of self some scientists say 
Time is one of the fundamental properties of the universe offered to us in the original concepts of Isaac Newton. In a physical, linear, analytical sense, I would tend to agree. However, the idea behind some of the most fundamental ideas in physics might well be flawed. In observations from studies in quantum physics, for example, these Newtonian laws are seen to be inapplicable. The British physicist Julian Barber, in his book The End of Time, suggests that only the only solution for science and humanity in resolving these problems we face is to remove the idea of time altogether. He says we must reformulate our fundamental understanding of reality. Barber goes for, for the idea that this experience is a series of nows that roll into one another, creating single or, even pre, or an ever-present moment in which physical phenomena exist. I like that idea. There is a place for time, just like there is a place for a ruler, a hammer or a weighing scales. But in accessing that place from which inspiration comes, there is no place for it. Time cannot be a conscious factor in that thing you make. If it is to be a genuine piece of you, a reflection of the real you beyond social norms and conventions. If time must come into play in your creative process, then it must be used by you, rather than it using you. Therefore, one of your most significant challenges as an artist is finding the quiet internal space where you can isolate yourself from the influence of this and other abstract concepts. So it's all a bit paradoxical, isn't it? On the one hand, you have a linear experience of the growth and decay of things, telling you time exists, and then there's the other, telling you all there is is now. So which is it? Although what I am breaking down here is in itself an answer, I will later propose a one-liner to sum it all up. Nows within this now, rather like snapshots in an album, each now is a separate and a world unto itself. But the richly structured nows know about one another because they literally contain one another in a certain essential respects. As consciousness surveys many things at once in this now, it is simultaneously present, at least in part, in other nows. Julian Barber, physicist and author. So to fin finalise this idea, as you contemplate your future, be it good, bad, you do it now prepaving the way for yourself. Everything you've ever experienced, you have created for yourself, either by conscious, purposeful thought or unconscious, automatic thought. We think that in every moment we make conscious decisions about this and that. The momentum of thought influences those choices, and as we think, we create at a micro level. After maintaining that thought pattern for days, weeks, months, years, etc., we create our own experience. So like the ripples in a pond, where we cast the stone, they move out from the centre. The centre, you and I exist. Don't miss the launch of the Artist Manifesto and your chance to receive a free paperback and audio book version. Support the self-publishing of the Artist Manifesto at patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire and receive patron-only rewards and benefits. Thanks for listening. Alright, thanks for listening in. That concludes this episode of The Daily Larb, uh, episode number 152. A few little stumbles in there, but I'm not recording the whole thing again. <laughs> I'm just not. And uh, I have a, I have a bit of hay fever at the minute, so uh, I'm all bunged up. I mean, I'm bunged up or my nose is streaming, and uh, it's a bit uncomfortable. But however, uh needed to get that out today, back on track with Sunday Letters. Thanks for listening in. Uh, as I said at the top, you listen to the Daily Larb 
I'm Larry G. McGuire, writer and artist at LarryGMcGuire.com. Uh, the Artist Manifesto will be published uh, later this month, please God. Nearly there with the uh, final editing. Uh, the day job getting in the way a lot of the time, but uh, we're nearly there. So that particular uh, piece of audio is uh, an extract from uh, one of the chapters. I think I'll rename that chapter. Uh, it's a working title I have for it. But the time is creative mind is a, is a, is a is a title that I like, so I'll probably use that. Uh, if you'd like to support the publication of the Artist Manifesto, get over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Larry G McGuire. If you'd like to receive these articles uh, to your inbox every Sunday, get over to LarryGMcGuire.com and uh, bang your email address in there into any of the old uh, sign up boxes. On the home page, you'll you'll get one. Just click the button. Put in your email address, I'll send you the PDF of the short form version of the Artist Manifesto. And every week I'll bang you on uh, uh, Sunday letters. So that's it for today. Uh, I'm leaving the UK tomorrow morning. Uh, tomorrow, well, it's actually not tomorrow morning, it's tomorrow evening. Catching the boat at 8 o'clock. And uh, I'll be travelling most of the day tomorrow. So that's my bag. Back into the forward end uh, for Tuesday. So thanks for listening in and uh, I'll check you later. All right. Take it easy. All the best now.